Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Food, Wine, and Whiskey in Your Own Backyard. I am Rob, your host, and joining me today is Dave Scott. How are you, man? I'm doing well. How's everything? Uh, we got five bourbons in front of us, so yeah, doing all right. Let's dive in. All right, so yeah, five bourbons in front of us. We don't know what they are. Obviously, people who read the title can tell we're talking about William, or not William Leroux Weller, but I, I think I want some William Leroux Weller today. <laughs> Subconsciously. Uh, we're talking about Buffalo Trace, the distillery. We're going to focus on Mash Bill 2. We'll hit some highlights of just kind of what products they offer. Um, you know, it's called Buffalo Trace Distillery, a.k.a. Tater Distillery. Would that be fair? I think that's fair. That's fair. Uh, before we jump into this, I do want to say thank you to all of our listeners. We appreciate you guys listening to the show. Uh, if you enjoy the show, you come back weekly, you're listening to the episodes, we would love for you to uh, give a rating, give a review. You're listening to it on, whether it be Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever. Uh, if you could leave a review and a like there, boy, that helps the show, gets it out so that other people can find it. And uh, we just really appreciate that. Uh, let's dive into Buffalo Trace and specifically Mash Bill 2. Yeah, let's do it. So this is a... Buffalo Trace is a distillery that puts out product that you're not going to find. We've not done a lot of shows on this because we try to do shows on bourbons that we enjoy drinking that we can people can listen and go, I think I want to go get a bottle of that. This episode's not going to be that. No, no. I mean, some of these may be readily available in different parts of the United States, but at least half of these, you're very rarely going to see on a shelf ever. But I think there's some value here because if you do see one of these and you've heard the show and you hear the name and you see one, definitely buy it, you know? So, because people may not have a clue what Hancock's reserve is. Right. Because nowhere in there does it say Buffalo Buffalo Trace Trace or Weller or anything else. Same with Elmer T. Lee. If you don't know, because you don't see these bottles regularly. Right. If they're there, you could easily pass them by and, and not really, you know, maybe listen to this show and go, two weeks ago I was in a liquor store wherever, wherever, and I think I saw an Elmer Tilly and I didn't know what it was. You know, I've had that happen to me with other bourbons when I first got into this. So right, that's where we're going to say your value is today. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> because we know for a fact you're not going to just go out and go, I'll go, I'll go buy a bottle. Yeah, I need an Elmer Tilly. Yeah, let, me, let me run down to. I think I'm going to buy a backup. Yeah. yeah. I'll get two. Down to the local and pick it up. So Buffalo Trace Distillery is supposed to be the longest continuous running distillery since like 1792. Had no idea that it had been around that long. Uh, Under different names, George T. Stagg, OFC, which was the... um, Old-fashioned copper. Yep, yep, that's exactly right. There's a bourbon guy who knows. Yeah, still on the wish list. But, you know, when we talk about Buffalo Trace and the bourbons they offer, uh, everything being allocated... When you get a bottle, remember that you should share that bottle. I mean, don't, don't, I'm not the type of guy, I've never sold a bottle on secondary. Nope. Have no interest in selling a bottle on secondary. I've also never bought a bottle on secondary. If I can't find it at retail or trade for it, I don't mind. If I have a bottle and somebody else wants mine and I want theirs trading, I'm perfectly fine with that. But I don't buy on secondary. Same. To me, if I can't find it at retail, I, I just don't need it. Don't need I got it. other good stuff that I can drink. Um, but my point would be is I like to share stuff. And that's that's what this community is all about is, you know, one, you want to get cool things that you can enjoy and, and drink. 
But when you can get it and, and, and pour it and drink it, it's so much better when you can do it with somebody else or a few other people. Absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, the ambassador, the brand ambassador for, uh, for Buffalo Trace, Freddie Johnson, if you've never seen the show, neat, uh, definitely worth a watch. I think it's on Prime, if I'm remembering right. Prime or Hulu? It's One on Hulu. Hulu? Yep. Okay. Definitely go watch it if you've never seen it. But you and I were lucky enough. We went and did a pick, a barrel pick at uh, Buffalo Trace this last summer, and uh, he was our guide. Yeah. Uh, he couldn't have been whew. couldn't have been any better experience. Talk about memories, right? You yeah. know, building some memories. Uh, this was that was great. But Freddie, you know, kind of is talking about a, a tasting that he had. And I, you know, I'm not going to get into it. Let's just hear Freddie and what his thought is on on bourbons, good bourbons, old bourbons. Here's what he has to say. During this uh, special tasting with this group, this guy had flown these folks up here on his corporate jet, and we're trying to do our tasting. And every time I go to mention something, he's saying, yeah, I've got five bottles of that. I've got six of those. Oh, I've got a whole bunch of these. And every time he'd do it, his wife would grimace. And, and his buddies, and these folks he'd flown up here, were standing back against the wall, and they were like looking like, well, here we got this shit again. I said, I don't mean to be disrespectful. Mm-hmm. I said, but you seem to have an, an, an exceptionally large collection of older age bourbons. He said, I do. And I said, well, I want you to... Uh, answer me a question. I said, how many of these older age bourbons that, you're, that you've got have you shared with your friends that you flew up here on the jet? That guy gave me a look that said, you no longer exist. You've crossed the line. Yeah. Okay? And I'm thinking, I'm doomed. Okay? The guy never looked. His wife winked at me and smiled. And I said, sir, I said, I don't mean to be disrespectful. I said, but I want you to look across at the building. And he looked across. And I said, you'll notice all those old barrels in the warehouse. He never said anything, but he looked. And I said, sir, I said, when my grandfather came here at the beginning of the 1900s, I said, do you know that warehouse was full of barrels of whiskey? And when they passed away, that warehouse was still full of barrels of whiskey. And he just looked at me. I said, then along comes my dad and Elmer. And when they arrived at this distillery, the warehouse was full of barrels of whiskey. I said, when they both passed away, the funeral directors did a drive-by of this distillery with their caskets. I said, and as they drove by carrying them to the graveyard, I said, that warehouse was still full of barrels of whiskey. I said, I came here at five years old. I said, I've been around this distillery off and on all my life. I said, sir, I said, I'm over 70 years old. When I pass away, guess what? That warehouse is still going to be full of barrels of whiskey. I said, my point simply is this, sir. I said, you begin to realize there's always going to be old barrels and bottles of whiskey. I said, but look around at your family and your friends and the workers that you brought up here today. I said, we're the fragile part of this whole thing. I said, if you're fortunate enough to have a good bottle of bourbon, that's what they're for. They're meant to be shared and enjoyed. I said, just personally speaking for me, I would rather have the memories that a really good bottle of bourbon provided for me and my friends together than to pass away knowing that that bottle is still sitting there and none of us have enjoyed that moment. The guy never, he never acknowledged that. He never said anything. We finished up. He left. Two months later, I get the coolest letter from this guy. He said, Freddie, I'm writing to thank you. He said, I want to tell you what happened. My son came home from college with two of his buddies that were bourbon enthusiasts. So I took them downstairs and I showed them my collection. Then what I did was I went down into my cabinet and I got out one of my old bottles of bourbon. I opened it up. And my son, his two buddies, and I did a toast 
and drank from that bottle together. He said, the reason I'm writing you to tell you this is because it's the first time my son has ever hugged me in public since he was a kid. And he said, thank you, Dad, for what you did. He said, I'll never make that mistake again. When we do this kind of stuff, I try to get people to understand, yeah, we're, we're talking about bourbon, but bourbon has a history. It's a legacy. It's a relationship. It's an emotional connection. And when you're sitting around with friends, and you've probably done that already, and you pull out a real good bottle of bourbon, you get to sipping on it, it's like you start telling a story about something that happened, and you're sitting there sipping on the bourbon, and you're kicking back, and it triggers something that you remember. And then you finish your story, and everybody has a good laugh, and then, then you start in with another one. Next thing you know, the bottle's gone. But the memories of that moment continue on and on and on. I think that just you know speaks volumes to what bourbon, and you know you can apply that to anything, whether you love to cook or you love wine, or whatever it is, the point is, share it with people. People are what makes it special. It's not what you have in the bottle or in the glass. It's the people that you're with when, when you have those things. And Absolutely. That's that's what I think the biggest takeaway should be when you, when you get into these kinds of, I call them hobbies, Dave. Mm-hmm. Is that a, an appropriate term? I think it is. Yeah. Unless it uh, gets to be a problem. Uh, there might be some people who have problems. <laughs> I mean, is the problem that you're drinking it too much or the problem like, you know, if we look behind and go, there's too many damn bottles that we have? Yes. Both. Okay. <laughs> Both apply. Um, well, we're going to do mash build two, and we talk about sharing. Kind of gets to a story about you and I and how we met. We've been friends now for a few years. Yep. But this mash bill is kind of what brought you and I together and, and to, to meet each other and eventually become friends. Absolutely. Tell that story or started. There's two parts to it. It's yeah. Kind of funny. Yeah. The first part was you and I were both in a, a local Facebook page group around centered around bourbon. And um, this was brand new to my getting into bourbon and getting into these Facebook groups um, and a guy here in the area posted online that he want, would like to do a, a mash bill number two tasting and blind. blind. Yeah. Yeah. And would any be, anybody be interested And that? He would limit it to the first five people that rep- responded. And, and I responded and said, yeah, absolutely. I've, I've got a buddy that has a bottle of Blanton's and we'll be happy to bring it over. You know, yep. what, wasn't even my bottle. So <laughs> that's even better. Yeah. Thanks, so, Joby. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Joby. So, so we ended up going over and had never met this person before, Eric Goldman. And, and my wife thought I was absolutely crazy. Thought I was going to, you weren't going to his house. You were going to his apartment. And that was a red flag for your wife. Yeah. But your answer was, this is about bourbon. There's no I mean, bad guys in bourbon. That's right. Is it, how, how bad could this be? I, I've been in a lot of bourbon groups, and I've, well, I, I guess I can't say that. Never mind. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so show up, walk through the door, and this, again, this is when it was new to me getting into bourbon, and here are, here are all of these extremely difficult to find bottles just sitting there on the counter, you know, yeah, ready to share. Yep. Whatever you wanted, have at it. And I think we had everything that night except for ancient, ancient age 10 star. Yeah, there which was, I've never seen. I've never seen it either. We don't, it's not distributed in Texas. So when I say I've never seen it, I've never seen it. Yeah, okay, it's not distributed here. Right. 
but I've had a pour of it with okay. Wade, Wade Woodard. Which okay. Nice enough to share that. Yeah. So, so you know, you've got the, there was Ancient Age there, uh, Elmer T. Lee, Rock Hill Farms, Hancock's Presidents Reserve, and Blanton's. And I'm like, man, this is this is awesome. Because at that time, you and I both were new into bourbon. Right. We had just kind of gotten into the hobby. Right. And uh, we were still in full tater mode. Absolutely. And, and, and these what, bottles were, especially Blanton's, yes. was the first tater bottle that people go after, at least around our community. Absolutely. That's the one you chase when you get into bourbon. Right. And and that's and that's where I was, and I was thinking. And, and I was touching the Blanton's for everybody who yeah, couldn't see yeah, that. Yeah, if you couldn't see that. Yeah. So... So that's how we met that night, and to, you know, it kind of was interesting. We we worked our way through the blind. We each had a different favorite that night. Um, mine ended up being Hancock's President's Reserve, but but while we were talking, why do you say it like that? Like you're disappointed you picked that? No, you're it, like mine ended up being Hancock's Reserve. Yeah. What what the hell? I, I love that pour. It it's good, but you know, it should have been Rock Hill <laughs> Farms. Farms. Yeah. yeah. So everybody wants that. Right. Guess, guess who had Rock Hill as their favorite? I guess it was you. Yeah, but there's more to that story. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, throughout the night we were talking about our how we got to where we were enjoying bourbon and and that we were major wine guys yep. prior. And yep. getting into bourbon and and you said, yeah, I'm also in this other group, Bad Wine Reviews, and, and then I've got another friend who's really into wine, and Rip, we'll have to get together with Rip one day. And I'm like, wait a minute. Not a common name. No, can't, can't be possible. And I said, Rip Rutherford? Yeah, yeah. How do you know him? And it's like, well, I went to high school. I went to the same high school, and he went to high school with my sister and stepbrothers and and they were friends and they were friends yeah, yeah. didn't just go to school together you're, you're they a were couple friends. years older right but you would see him running around quite a bit oh yeah we lived in the same neighborhood yeah. so it was like wow what a small world yeah so so we kind of we finished that night and everybody parted ways and yeah never thought any more of it no. i mean, I mean I we had communicated a little bit through facebook pages you know commenting on each other's posts and stuff but we hadn't Seeing well, each other in person again. Not in person, because the pandemic hit. Right, that's right. That was in 19, and then the pandemic hit. Right at March 2020. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we got reconnected through some... Uh, some Zoom. Zoom wine things yep. I was doing and stuff, and you came on, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, but still hadn't met you in person again. Right. And it, it was by chance that that actually happened, because... It was Daryl was coming out from Bad Wine Reviews. We we're going to have a dinner here at my house. And in the afternoon, we were going to record another podcast. And he uh, had put out, because he had made some, some whiskey glasses for Bad Wine Reviews. And he'd put out, you know, hey, contact me. You know, if you're going to be around Katie, come by and get your glass. Right. And you saw that. And yeah. So I texted him and said, hey, can I come pick up my glasses? Sure. Sent me the address. You know, I wasn't thinking. I had no idea where Daryl lived, so came to pick up glasses. When I knock on the door, your wife answers the door. I'm like, <laughs> a little shocker. What there? in the hell is going on here? Does Rob know what's going on? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that that uh, you know could have been a five minute transaction coming to pick up my glasses turned into, hey, you want to have a pour? We're about to do a podcast. So it's like, okay, I'll have one. 
Yeah. And yeah, and that was and, you know, and that was mid afternoon. I don't even think we started. We no, we never up, did not the, even did the podcast. Never we did the podcast. Talking and hanging out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it. Uh, then y'all started prepping for dinner, and I was like, "Man, I've got to get out of here. I don't want to interrupt your dinner." And it's like, "No, why don't you call your wife and we got come, some other couples come coming over? over. Yeah, so more the merrier." Yeah. So that three o'clock stop to pick up some glasses turned into going home at midnight or later, and you know, I, I just remember laughing because you were like. I'll call her, but she yeah, ain't coming. My wife's got no interest in coming. Yeah. She hates she, spur of the moment stuff. Yeah, it ain't going to happen. Yep. So I'm probably just going to stay here, but I'll let her know where I'm at. Right. And yeah. then you left. Yep. And yeah. And from then, you know, turned you, in. You came back with uh, a treat. Yeah. I did. Yeah. 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 Because that bourbon podcast turned into a wine dinner. And it's like, okay, well talking about sharing i'd had a bottle of plump jack reserve in my cellar a 2001 plump jack reserve that to this day i probably wouldn't have drunk it yeah you know because i'm not going to pull that out and drink it by myself and just say "Ooh, that's really good so brought it over cracked it open shared it thank god it was still it's in excellent shape oh it was and it's a you know, we talk about creating memories. That's a memory. I mean, yep. I, I bring it up now because I'll never forget you bringing no. that bottle to the first time we, you know, got to meet you and your wife and really hang out. Right. And that's what these things are about. Yeah. Right? Getting yeah. together and doing stuff like that. So then here we are sitting here four years later. Yeah. Or four plus years later. Yeah. I guess. We hang out with you and uh, we even like Paige. Yeah. We think she's pretty cool. Yeah. She's all right. She's giggling again. <laughs> yeah. She just can't believe somebody said they like me better than her. Is that shocker? Is she calling bullshit? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> She's shaking her head. Yes. Yeah, most so definitely. She knows we're trying to be funny. Yeah. So uh, and I thought you know that we did that blind. We thought it would be fun. You brought that up as a conversation. You know, we never really talked about Buffalo Trace, but also just kind of bringing up how whiskey gets people to, uh, and, and not just whiskey. I know I keep saying that, but you know, food, wine, spirits, all that kind of stuff uh, gets people to to gather and be friends and make memories together and, and uh, share those things. Yep. And that's kind of how you and I met. So we thought it would be fun, or you actually thought it would be fun, and I agreed. You brought it up. Let's do another blind. Yeah, let's, 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 let's revisit those bottles in mash bill number two. When's the last time you had some of these pours? Uh, well, I probably had a Blanton's most recently, you know, within the last few weeks. But very rarely do I ever... I mean, my Rock Hill Farms is about half gone, but that's mostly from sharing and, and having a, a pour on occasion. Yeah. But Elmer T. Lee, I, I hate to even say it after listening to that uh, little clip from Freddie, but I've got a bottle of Elmer T. Lee on my shelf that has never been opened. Well, and, you're, just, you're finding the right moment. Right, yeah. And then and then Hancock's Reserve, I, I don't visit that one very often. I don't know why. I like it. I like, you have a bottle? I do have. I've yeah. got two bottles, actually. Yeah. I've got a backup, an okay, open and a backup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like Freddie said, I've got 16 bottles of that. Yeah. So, but at least but, one's open. Right. Yeah. One is open, and I kind of overlook it a lot. You yeah. know, it's... To me, I think it's a solid pour. Yeah. Um, I, you might be like me. I probably don't go to it as much. You know, when we start a night of having a bourbon, I like something between that 90 to 100 proof, so yep. it falls there. But I probably don't go to it as often as I, as I probably would because it's just not as easy to get. Right. You know, it's a little tougher to get. Yeah. So. 
Yeah. So, but uh, I thought it would be a good idea to. All right. Well, let's sit down and see what we what we think today. Yeah, I'm going to see. You know, getting back to when you mentioned Rock Hill Farms, and I said there's more to that story because it became my favorite that night. I'm a numbskull because getting into bourbon, I actually got a bottle of that. Found it in the wild. That's a tater saying. Uh, and <laughs> retail. Everybody was like, Rock Hill Farms is awesome. And, and at that time, I hung around a guy named Brian Cotton and a couple other guys, and they couldn't believe that I'd found this bottle. And I was like, okay, you know, awesome. I'm going to open it up. And, and I did, and I poured it and thought it was awful. For whatever reason, just didn't like it. And Brian Cotton had come over one night, and he said he loved that bottle. And I just simply said, well, here, take it home with you then. And yeah, hindsight 2020, I went, uh, you're a dumbass. Yeah, probably not the smartest move. Because we fast forward about six, eight months, and my palate, obviously, getting more into bourbon had changed. And we did this blind. And at that time, Rock Hill Farms came out number one for me, not Hancock's. Right. Hancock's know. was my number one. I don't know who one. Would pick Hancock's. Yep. Yeah, that's why I kind of grimace every time I talk about it. I'm kidding. It. I think yeah. Hancock's is a solid it four. Is. I really it is. do. Um, so it's going to be fun. We got these blind. Yep. We know what they are, but we don't know what's in each cup. And, you know, it's going to be – this is just to go, which one do you like the best, second best, third best, you know, whatever. We're just re- ranking them. Right. There's no wrong or right answers, just to see kind of where we are in our palette today. Yep. Um, and your glasses are different than mine, meaning – my Not one, in the two, same three. order. Yeah, so that we can't kind of piggyback off each other and, and both have the same pour in glass one and yeah. glass two. Your tasting notes can't influence mine, That's exactly and mine right. can't influence yours. So, so. Um, I'm going to start right. nosing. Let's yeah, see. Yeah, same. Nothing like sticking your nose in it. That's what she said. Oh, sorry about that. My wife mm-hmm. just makes an ugly face. I love Dave Scott. He's, he's my favorite. <laughs> I love The Office, for that matter. <laughs> Okay. Well, there's no doubt after nosing through all four that they're Mashville number two, that they're all from they're similar from okay. that. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yep. Does any stand out to you as being a winner first time through on the nose? I have one. I have a winner. I have a lead horse. Yeah, I, I don't I know I... if it's Blanton's, but I have a lead horse on. On the nose. Man, they are so close together in nosing. And what I'm trying not to do is I'm not going to overthink it. Right. I'm just going to go through. Like, okay, which what, one of these is Rock Hill Farms? Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to, whatever kind of, you know, has that impact on me, that's what I'm going with. And right now, glass number one for me is my favorite nose. All right. I'm getting just a ton of cherry on that one. Yeah. And that and there's a ton of cherry in all of these. But I mean more so. It's more yeah. pronounced. Yeah. For me, it's a... Probably number three for me. We'll be back after a quick break. Hey, Bar and Girl fans, it's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk, where me and my co-hosts sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar and Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored, and unedited. Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember, Madhouse Bar Talks, baby. So mine goes one, four, two, three are my favorites. All right. On the nose. All right. And mine, so mine are numbered a little differently. Mine are five through eight. So for me, 
I'm going to go seven, eight, five, six. Okay. Not that that means anything nope. to the to, to the, the crowd listening. listening. Yeah. So uh, let's let's talk about uh, the age of these. So we've got okay. Hancock Reserve. We've got Elmer T. Lee. We got uh, Blanton's. We call the Horsey Bottle. Yep. Uh, people who know Blanton's know Blanton's. People who don't know, there's a cool stopper. It, it is cool. Yeah, it's a cool uh, bottle. Buffalo Trace, you know, marketing wise, were brilliant. Yep. To put this together, uh, it's got you know a horse topper. Uh, what is that? It's not copper. I mean, what is that? It's some type of metal. Yeah, it feels like bronze. Bronze or, or something like yeah. that, yeah. Um, and it's got the word a letter on the back leg of the horse that you can collect. It spells Blanton's, B-L-A-N-T-O-N-S. Look at that. I can spell. Who's impressed? That's Raise right. Raise your hand, Dave. Yeah. You're impressed. You, you've had way too much Blanton's. <laughs> um, but it's cool because, you know, it's a tater thing, no doubt about it. Yep. But when you get into this, if you can collect all of the different toppers to spell Blanton's. It's each letter represents, as you spell Blanton's, uh, the horse in a different position of the race, thought to be the Kentucky Derby. And uh, and it's just a cool setup. And then, you know, I know for, I think it's a fact, Dave. You tell me if I'm wrong, if you've heard <laughs> the same thing. If you collect them all, you can send these to Buffalo Trace, and they put it together on some kind of display for you and then send it back at no charge. I think you pay shipping, and that's it. That's it, and that is, is a pretty- fact because I told a friend of mine who loves Blanton's, had all of the toppers, and he's like, I had no idea that program existed. Yeah. And he texted me, said, hey, I called them. I shipped them off. They mount them on a stave, supposedly from a Blanton's barrel, Yeah, and send it back to you at no cost other than shipping. Again, is it a tater thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Am I a tater? Yes. As soon as my bottles are empty and I get these uh, these toppers out, I'm going to do the same thing. Absolutely. As long as that program still exists. I don't know how. And I think I'm saying absolutely a little too often. <laughs> yes. Is it correct. a favorite word of yours? No. <laughs> uh, so we got those four in mash bill two. The age of these, they're all right around six to eight years old. Except, yep. except for, for the Elmer T. Lee. So which, it's 8 to 14. Which is a wide range. Yeah. I wonder how often there's, you know, 10, 12, 14-year-old bourbon in that. Right. Uh, doesn't mean there's ever any. It just could be. Yep. And uh, it's interesting because other than Blanton's being the, the most taterish of all the bottles, when, when people talk about Elmer T. Lee, and I think it just goes because it's so high-priced on secondary that people always – seem to just crap all over Elmer T. Lee as far as that. That's just an average $35 bottle of, of bourbon. What do you think drives that? Is it because it's it's out there so much that people don't, it's just overhyped? Or do you think it's because it's, what, what's the proof on that one? 90. 90 proof. Do you think that's what makes them go? It's not worth what the hype is for it? it yeah, I don't know. Or, or just that you can't get it. You know, it's... Um, People but, tend to crap all over stuff that that they would like to have but can't. Or, you know, they had a pour in, you think in a bar. I don't know. Yes, I do think that. The only reason I'm, I'm kind of questioning that is because if you post that you got a bottle of E.H. Taylor Warehouse C, nobody craps on that. No. If you post you got a bottle of, you know, Coy Hill or something like that that came out, nobody's going to crap on no. that. They only crap on this kind of stuff. Right. So, and it, I, I'm trying to figure out 
why? And I and I think because of where Buffalo Trace products stand right now is that practic pretty much everything except their entry level. I get what shelfers. you're saying. I have a great analogy for you now. They're the New York Yankees or the yes. Dallas Cowboys. Buffalo Trace. That's how you have to think of them. Yep. So you either are a big fan and you love them, right? Or you absolutely hate them. There's no middle ground, right? And okay, because I think people get pissed off at. I mean, Buffalo Trace is marketing geniuses. I mean they they have created the sense of rarity in every product that they put out, and it's made it where it's very difficult to get it. Another sports analogy. Even though you hate Tom Brady, you want him on your team. Right. So they, they hate these You hate them until they're on your team. Yeah. Once you can get a bottle, you think it's the greatest thing ever. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that, so, that's where we stand. Um, yeah. So, with Hancock's Reserve, it's an eight-year, typically aged eight years. Elmer T. Lee, eight to 14. Rock Hill Farms is in that eight-year, six to eight-year, same as uh, – it's the Blantons. So. And then if we go proofs, we got 88.9 on the Hancocks, 90 on Elmer T. Lee, 93 on Blantons, and 100 bringing up the century mark on the Rock Hill Farms. Yep. What's your what's the best bottle you've gotten from uh, Buffalo Trace? What's your favorite bottle? What's your kind of your trophy, if you will? <laughs> the Rock Hill Farms. Is it really? Yeah. And, and I have a, a Blanton straight from the barrel, so that that's Great definitely part. one of my – trophy bottles um but rock hill farms just because it's so hard to find and the bottle is so unique it is that's the coolest bottle in our lineup today yeah, yeah. it uh it looks like a decanter i mean you you said earlier before we were on the air it's got it looks like a, like, a glass like an old style yo-yo, yo-yo on yeah top. on top yeah. slapped on a cork and put in the bottle yep yeah so um my boy i'm trying to think of what would be let me ask you, related to Buffalo Trace, do you have any uh, of the H. Taylor lineups? Do you have any BTAC? Do you have anything like that? Because I'm surprised. I think you do, and I'm surprised that that wasn't one of those. Well, I thought we were only talking the, of the Mashville oh, too. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so I've, I've got a bottle of George T. Stag. Yeah. Um, that's that kind pro- of would that's, be your trophy bottle that's from absolutely, Buffalo Trace. Absolutely my trophy bottle from Buffalo okay. Trace. Um, and I've got – I've got some of each of the of the E.H. Taylor small batch, single barrel, straight rye. Uh, I've got none of the special release bottles that they've come out with, but but yeah, you know, I've got quite a bit of Buffalo Trace. Product. Yeah, again, getting back to being in Texas, we're pretty spoiled here. I mean, these things they're not easy to find, but uh, right. if you're hunters, boy, we're saying all the tater terms, aren't we? Yeah, uh, you you can find some of these things, and we've been lucky enough to to find some. I think my favorite bottle might be the the William LaRue Weller that I had from 18, 2018. I still got a couple pours left, but yeah. uh, I put that one away because I was just like, I'm going to save it for a little while. Yep. Uh, That's definitely the William LaRue Weller is on my. Yeah. Now, in this unicorn lineup, list, yeah. in, the, uh, in the Buffalo Trace, uh, I can say I've owned a, a bottle of Rock Hill Farms. I just gave it away like a jackass. Mm. Uh, but that would be the one I would want again now that yeah. I've. Uh, had it and my palate's kind of developed, if you will. Uh, I like, I, I, I remember liking that. I haven't had this, Dave, since the night we did that blind. Wow. 
All right. And well, that this is going to be a treat. Boy, this is going to be a treat. So All remind right, me again, your nose, Let's before we dive into the palate. I'm yep. going one, four, two, three is my favorites. And I went seven, eight, five, six. I feel like you should say one, two, three, four again. Okay. Mine would be three, four, one, two. Three, four, one, two. And I'm one, four, two, three. But, and that's confusing. But we don't have the same lineup. We, we don't think we do. My I wife mean, might be funny <laughs> and be like, I gave you guys exactly the same thing because you didn't think I did. Is there a nose that you're disappointed with? No. No. They, um, they are all so similar that it was difficult for me to even pick a favorite and a, or a least favorite. Um, I get a ton of cherry on all of them. One of them... Which my number six, which would we can refer that to six or number two, either way yeah. in my lineup. I got a little more um I don't know how to describe it. Pencil shaving, a little more wood, I think. Wasn't quite as fruity as the others. So the way we're gonna do this is our favorite nose mm-hmm. and then we'll do palette and finish. Rate that, and then we'll have kind of our overall because yep. favorite nose might not end up being your favorite no. one to drink. All right, I've tasted through the first two of mine. Same. Um, I think number one comes in a higher proof point for me. Okay. Then, then my number two. So, I'm reversed. All right. My number one is definitely a lower proof point. Number two is much higher. I, I right away think it's a hundred proof. Yeah, that could be ethanol. wrong. You yep. know, sometimes you know, ninety three proofers can just have more ethanol on it. Than, yep. Um, but I enjoy my number two way more on the palate than number one, which is disappointing because when you have a great nose, you're hoping on the palate and the finish complements that great nose. And it's just an overall great bourbon. Um, I'm not getting that on number one. All right. Number three, which was my favorite nose has come through strong on the palate as well. You like it. Yep, I do. So that, that's, that's a contender. It is. I'm going to, I'm going to taste through all of them one through four and then work my way backwards four. To one. That's exactly what I'm going to do. All right, I'm going to move on to three and four. I'm kind of putting these as pairs. I don't know if that's the right way to do it. but Yeah, I've tasted three. Now I'm going to have a little bit of four. All right, my three, not impressed on the palate at all. But I need to come back through and give it another shot. Yep. Uh, I just took a little drink of water. Maybe that affected my palate on that one. But it seemed very thin. No body to it, no finish at all. Yep, that's going to narrow it down when I go back. Four, three, two, one. Yeah, I just took another sip of three. Not, not, uh, not my favorite. We did get a chance to go to Buffalo Trace. We this did last summer. We kind of mentioned that Freddie was our our host for our tour. Let's talk a little bit about that experience while we were there. I mean, if you're going to Kentucky, to me that needs to be on your list of places to visit. There's a lot of great distilleries in that area. 
But Buffalo Trace, as far as the overall experience, I thought was fantastic. I agree. I had a great time. And, and, and I think one of the big differences with Buffalo Trace is that, you know, we went to quite a few others. Um, Maker's Mark was an absolute favorite, I think, of, that was a of both of ours. Yeah. Because the grounds are so beautiful. Everything presentation-wise is just that. It's They treat you like an honored guest. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. There's absolutely again. But anyway, yeah, you definitely. You definitely. Well. Yeah. But, but with Buffalo Trace, you are in the middle of a, of a working distillery. You know, forklifts are going by with barrels on them. You are, you're in the, you're in the middle of it. Whereas at Makers and Heaven Hill, you don't really see the working side, but with Buffalo Trace, you, you see all of it. Yeah, you're right in the middle. You need to pay attention. They yep. have somebody walking with you just to kind of safety is a, right. you know, a big thing. Yep. But you, it's a great point, Dave, because I remember they have a rail yard that mm-hmm. goes through there, and they were loading barrels on Right, they cars. were moving barrels through there as we're... Yeah, they yeah. had a warehouse with this old type of, you know, if you're up on the fourth or fifth tier, they're putting barrels into this old kind of elevator. Right. And it had like almost like a rotisserie kind of, you know, roll a barrel on, it starts to go down, and the next one would get on. And right. At the bottom, they just start rolling them off. And I was like, I, you know, obviously in today's world, you wouldn't say, you wouldn't think you would still see that. Right. You'd think there'd be some, you know, more automated kind of way to do this. Mm-hmm. But what I really appreciated is they kept the history of Biff, Buffalo Trace and how they did things. They're still doing it that way, yeah. which I thought was really cool. Yep. I, and that, like I said, that was so different than every other distillery that we visited on that trip. Was it's you had to step back a couple times to let forklifts go through, and I they, I, they were working. I thought you were going to say you had to step back a couple times and just soak it in. Well, that too, we did that because yeah. it was like we did that I'm really times. here seeing yeah. this. Yeah, uh, yeah. The other thing I want to mention about Buffalo Trace is the history. Uh, we hear names like Blanton's on a bottle and, and Elmer T. Lee on a bottle. These aren't just made-up names. These are people who really had an impact in the bourbon industry. Right. Yeah. And the little clip we heard earlier, Freddie mentioned that his when his father was working at Buffalo Trace that he and Elmer, and that's Elmer T. Lee, were, were friends and and – Buffalo Trace honored Elmer T. Lee with with a brand. Wasn't it Elmer T. Lee? How's the story go? I'm trying to remember it, Dave. Maybe you can remember better than me. But there's a story of doing the Blantons. Was it Elmer T. Lee who wanted to make Blantons in honor of Blantons? As a single-barrel product? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that, that was his way to that pay was, homage. Right, and that was his idea. And people thought he was crazy. Buffalo Trace people thought, thought he, he was, was crazy. crazy. To do a single barrel type of whiskey. Where it's not blended. Because right. blending was, you know, to polish it off, round it a little bit, whatever. Yep. The other thing that Freddie told us that was amazing about, well, that was surprising to Buffalo Trace was the price point. Do you remember what he said the price point was going to be? Because no. this was back in the 80s. Right. The price point was going to be $25 a bottle. <laughs> and they thought that was real. outrageous. Yes, outrageous. So it yeah. gets back to you know people going, "Well, I bought that back in the day for the you know yeah. 
course you did. Yep. You know, because that's what a, it was. A loaf of bread was priced. six cents back in the exactly. 20s, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. But, you know, supply and demand, it gets popular, price goes up. Uh, but I, I think the history of, you know, because when I first got into bourbon, I just didn't pay a lot of attention to history. And I like history. So as I started to enjoy it more, I started to do more kind of research on where things came from. And it's it's so uh, it's so well, it's just prevalent in the bourbon community that so much of the product was actual people, right? You know, whether it's Jim Beam or Jack Daniels yep. or Elmer T. Lee or Colonel E. H. Taylor, mm-hmm. or, you know, all these people were actually people who had huge impact in the in the bourbon industry, right? Yeah, because with Colonel E. H. Taylor, he started or really pushed for the bottled and bond act yes which is why every bottle of colonel e.h taylor is bottled in bond except for the special release bottles no those are oh except for the the barrel strength that's barrel proof sorry they're one barrel proof everything else everything else is bottled bottled in bond bond. yep so um okay yeah I've i've tried number four again okay um gonna start working my way back That's what she said. The girls can't hear that, Dave. Yeah, no. They're both into their phones big time. (coughs) Doing research for us. Look like Wordle to me. Yeah. All right. Um... I'm I'm this is quickly be... becoming a I have a two front runners as my you? favorite. You? Um no. Okay, for me my number two, I don't know which one you said was thin, no finish at all. That's my three. That's my two. Okay. There is. We're going to see if we line up on these. If we there, pick there the is same thing. not a whole lot going on with number two. Okay. Um, number three for me has more going on than number two, but still not there. Four, I think, is a little bit higher proof and has more of a finish. So I'm going to go back to number one. Now, which I, which to me, so, the first go round I thought was definitely higher proof than the others. So, we'll right see. now for me, number three's in the rear by a long way. That's your number two. That's my number two. I think yes. I'm thinking yes, we're aligned it, there. Right, my but, number two. Would I, line, I mean, I'm saying that like I think we have the same bourbon. Maybe we don't, I, but yeah, maybe your palate's just crap, and most people would tell you it is. <laughs> um. And then number one is not, you know, great nose. It was my favorite nose, mm-hmm. but on the palate. And, you know, there's nothing like smelling a good whiskey. Yep. Uh, it, it starts the tasting process. But I've got to have it nice on the palate and a good finish. That's yeah. going to overtake what I think about it on the palate. And the difference isn't, you know, so great that I can't still pick one of these as, as still having great palates. Two, right. two or, uh, what do I got, two or four. Yeah. Yep.
now going backwards and getting back to one doesn't come across like it did the first time as being higher proof. Right okay. now I'm thinking number four is probably it, – it drinks like it's the highest proof. Okay. Now, I've pushed one and three out. They're out of my – I've narrowed it down to two and four is my favorite. So I'm not going to even let my palate continue to get worked on by those two. Yep. I'm going to stick with uh, two and four and see if I can narrow down my favorite. All right. I'm, I'm going to go in. I'm making my call after this. I'm going to go into two and four one more time, taste them both, nose them both. Then I'm making my call for my favorite. All right. Um, for me, that's one and four. Are we going to have a little fun and, and try to call our shot what we think they are? I mean, I've got no clue. It's just pulling it out of my butt is what I would be doing. Yeah, same. But I'm still going to do it because it's going to be kind of what I think I like the best. Right. Why not? Man, four and two. Again, both good noses, but very close on the nose for me. These are my four and two. I don't know which ones you have, but yeah, man, you finished two of yours. Uh, they're yeah, maybe. I yeah, didn't. pretty much. <laughs> pretty close. <laughs> you know, those are those are my two favorites. Yeah, so. Exactly. Are, are those two the two of your favorites? Yeah, the, the one and the four for me are the, are going to be two best. Are going to be them. and you're picking your champion from that. Yes. Okay. You're you're getting close. Then you got to make your call. I am close. All right, let's see. I should be able to make my call pretty easy here. For me, I'm going four, one, three, two. Four, one, three, two. As my favorites. I mean, in order. Four would be my number one. One would be my number two. Three would be my number three. And two would be last place, number four. I think... Your two and my three are blends. Do you? Mm-hmm. Just because they're a single barrel, or they're all single barrels, but I I think that when Blanton misses for me, this is kind of what I, the profile I get where it misses. Yeah. That thinness, that no body, the finish is gone. I mean, it's just like a big donut hole. Okay. I was, and so it makes me think this might be a, a Blanton's miss. Okay. For me, I was expecting that to be Hancock's. Oh, no way. Hancock's. I'm a fan of Hancock's. I, I don't uh, think that's Hancock's. Now, now, that's doing an injustice to say that I dislike any of these. Yeah. I mean, I think, like I said in the beginning, the nose on these, it was so close. I mean, that there's no doubt that they're all from the same family. Yes. So... Three so, to me, I don't like. I, I, it's not one, you know, when, I, when it's revealed, I might, you know, people come over and go, you have that, whichever one of these it is, unless, yeah. it's, uh, unless it's Rock Hill Farms. Yeah, and then you're going to give it to them? Well, that's your bottle. I can't <laughs> do that. But I, I, I think it's Blanton's, and I'll let them go like, you know, have a pour, buddy. Finish yeah. that bottle off. Yep. I need that horsey. That's right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to make my call. I think, for me, I think number four is Rock Hill Farms. I think my number one, which came in second place, was Blanton's. I think number three, which came in third place for me, I think is Elmer T. Lee. And my number two, I think, is Hancock's Reserve. And if I get 50% of those, I'll be happy. Well, and again, you know, 
if you get 50%, I'll be impressed because there's no, this is tough in the same mash bill. It is. This is the same profile, same, very similar. Yep. Um, I just, I tried to pull out characteristics that I get from older aged stuff, little softer edges, which would equate to the Elmer T. Lee. But I thought my number four was the highest proof point. Okay. I thought my number two was the highest proof point. And it is my favorite. It wins. Number four would be my second favorite, which I think is Hancock's. Number one is my third favorite, which I think is Elmer T. Lee. Blanton's is pulling up the rear, huh? And number three is my least favorite, and I do think that's the horsey bottle. All right. Are we ready for the the great reveal? We're ready for the reveal. Yeah. All right. Let's see if the uh, we have our crack staff over here. uh, Tallying up. Yeah, they do research, but they do tallying for us too. Would you like a microphone to? No? Why are you shaking your head no? Okay, we got. What am I looking at here? These are what they are. So this is mine. This is. Yeah. Okay, well, I was wrong. <laughs> Number three is Elmer T. Lee for me, okay. which I thought was awful. And uh, number one for me, which I didn't like as well, was Blanton's. Number two, which I said was Rock Hill Farms, is Rock, Rock Hill, Hill Farms. Okay. And number four is Hancock's, which I thought was Hancock's, because I think it's a very good pour. Yep. So I'm shocked that Elmer T. Lee came in. And, and there you go. Which is my like, dead last. Like we, talk, good. like we talked about, people seem to crap all over Elmer T. Lee because it doesn't stand it, it up. It is so hyped and has such a huge secondary dollar amount. But, but when you go back to up to 14 years of aged whiskey in there. Right. You would expect a whole lot more. Exactly. Let's see where yours came out. All right. What was your least favorite? My least favorite was number two. Was number two. This is David's? Yeah, the David's That's what he had for two. Okay. Which was your Hancock's. That was your Which least favorite. Which is what I thought it was. Man. Man. Okay. Your, your next least favorite... Was was my number seven or number three, which was Elmer? Okay. No, no. These are his guesses. Okay, you're so Blanton's. Okay, was was number seven or number three for me? Yep. Okay. And then your second in second place for you was number one, which or, was or Elmer five. T. Lee. Wow. And number four was your first place winner. Yes. Which was Rock Hill Farms. Okay, which is what I thought it was. So it, it stood out, Rock Hill Farms. Yep. I, I, I wonder how much of that is that extra, you know, proof points. I think a lot. Because that was the one thing it that... had more that, flavor. Yes. And not only that, but it, it had a little more... Bite on it. A little it. more bite. And which it, I enjoy. Same. And that's why, I, that for me, that was an easy pick. Yeah. It's like, okay, this one's the highest proof. Whether I like it the most or not, it, it's Rock Hill Farms. So... So I got two right on my guesses. Did Dave get any right on his? Dave got two right. Dave got one. Dave got two. Okay, statistician. 
Well, I, I definitely got Rock Hill Farms right, and I got Hancock's right. So it, we, it was my Blanton's and Elmer T. Yep. Lee that I got reversed. And I got, so you got your one and four right. Right. I got my one and two right, and I reversed my three and four. All right. So, yeah. Not bad. If that's not confusing not for everybody. Yeah, I mean. Without a What without else a is picture. confusing is reading my wife's, you know, <laughs> how she said, wrote all that out. I'm like, look at this, but go over here, and then cross-reference over here. And I'm yeah. like, what? Yeah, but so. Anyway, well, I mean, and now she's giving me the shoulder shrug. And right. The, like you told me to out. do this. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's why I wanted her to have a microphone and come on and, you know, with her beautiful voice, tell us how that's we right. did. She didn't want to do it. Yeah. But, but overall, there's very little difference, which as you would expect, yeah. same mash bill, a little bit different aging, different warehouses, but two was a clear winner for me. And Hank, the, Hank, the Rock Hill Farms. Same. And which was my four, which was my which winner. I'm, I'm way more disappointed than I, you know, even I picked yeah. that in our last, you know, couple years ago tasting. Yep. And here I am picking it again. And, and you gave away your bottle. And I gave away my bottle. So I'm really disappointed. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, so my two losers were Blanton's and... Yeah, I and can't Hancock's believe Blanton's finished third. I really thought that would be four. Uh, Elmer T. Lee finished at the bottom for me. Man, that was I'm my number two. Shocked on that. Uh, a little bit shocked. I mean, I'll be honest. You know, I think both of you might, both of us might agree on this, Dave. Uh, where we are, kind of in our our hobby of you know drinking and collecting bourbon. None of these, other than Rock Hill Farms, because I don't have a bottle, but none of these are like. I don't go crazy for no. them. It's not something I'm just looking for all the time. No. They're fun bottles to have in your collection. Yep. But I would tell anybody, don't don't pay secondary for any of these. No. If you can trade for one, by all means. If you got something, you, you have multiples, and you're, you're willing to get rid of one to get one of these because you want it, you don't have it in your collection, do it. Yeah. But the only one I might pay secondary for well there's probably two blanton's i don't think is crazy secondary it's around 100 bucks or so it's a 65 dollar bottle if you can't find it you can get it on secondary not a bad purchase and probably the same for hancock's i think it's a 40 dollar bottle and on secondary it's like 80 so if you want to pay double just to have one in your collection i think that's fine would i pay 300 plus dollars 350 dollars for a 40 dollar bottle of elmer t lee not a chance not a chance so um, and I, I don't even, I think Rock Hill Farms goes for around the same price. Yeah, 250 300 something like that. And I still wouldn't pay nope. that amount for it. No way. Uh, try to find it if you can. I, I, don't, I don't know how, uh, how much production they make of Rock Hill Farms because uh, I don't see it very much. Texas is a very blessed state. We've said it a couple times. I never, obviously I've seen it once, but I don't see it, you know, I don't even see people posting that they get it, you know. Right. Enough to go. It get, comes here a lot. It comes here, but it's one of those bottles, you know, maybe in Ohio or, you know, Nevada or someplace like that. Somebody's listening going, I see Rock Hill Farms all the time. I can't get Elmer T. Lee, you know, or something <laughs> like that. But uh, we just don't see that one here no. very often. So, no. but you know, it was nice to revisit this to see how yeah. how different it was from three-plus years ago. So Well, and down memory lane for you and I. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a, I think finishing the show, there's another clip that I think speaks a lot to bourbon too and how you should enjoy it. Again, from Freddie Johnson. I think he's, you know, talking to him 
in person, being able to hear him tell stories, listening to him on Neat and some other interviews that he's done. To me, I, I could listen to that guy for days. He is a fantastic storyteller. And, and there's one reason, and there's a reason for that, because he's genuine. I mean, bingo, I every, think he nailed it. Every story that he tells... He's sincere. He is. It's from his heart. I mean, yeah. he he tells those stories with great enthusiasm and love for what he is doing. My my son is going to turn twenty one next month, and uh, you know he 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 might have a glass of wine at home with mom and I. Yep. He might have a poor bourbon with dad. Uh, but when he turns 21, I'm planning on, uh, you know, having something special with him. Uh, and this next sound clip from from Freddie, I think, really kind of hits home on, on why you should enjoy bourbon with uh, friends and family and, and things like that. So yep. let, let's hear Freddie one more time. When Dad rolled out the six millionth barrel, um, Julian... Uh, Van Winkle gave me uh, as a gift to my dad this bottle of 20-year-old Pappy. So I take the bottle and I open it up and I pour a little bit in his glass, pour a little bit in my brother's glass, pour some in my glass and I go to put the stopper back in the bottle and he looks at me and he gives me this weird look and he says, what on earth are you doing? I said, Dad, I don't understand. I said, this is a really, really good bottle of bourbon. I said, it's really being sought after. He said, I'm aware of that. He, I said, I said, so what I'm thinking is I'm just saving it so that we can do some more toast later on. He says, never, ever do that with friends and family. There will always be more old barrels of bourbon being made. He says, look at me and look at your brother. He says, we're the fragile part of this whole thing. He said, so never, ever save old bottles of bourbon, okay? They're meant to be enjoyed with friends and family at the moment. It was the first time that my father and my brother and I had spent three hours together, just us, talking, laughing, uh, discussing things that we had done that we didn't think he knew we had done. And then we started telling him about things that he had done that he didn't know that we knew he had done. We had the best time. We finished the bottle. Nine months later, they were both gone. It's not about the whiskey. It's about the lives you touch and the people you meet. And the whiskey's a byproduct of a good relationship. Well, I just that just hits me every time he tells that story. Absolutely. And there's absolutely again, <laughs> but it, it telling that story or listening to that story again just takes me back to when we went to Buffalo trace and Freddie was our tour guide. Yeah. And the bottle that day that was released in the gift shop was, was Eagle rare. 
and all of us before before we even got into the to the facility when they told us at the gate that Eagle Rare was the bottle that day, I think most of us said, "I'm not buying a bottle of Eagle Rare here." Got got enough. Yeah, got them. Got enough. Don't need them. Then Freddie, when as soon as we found out that Freddie was our tour guide, every single one of us said, "I'm buying a bottle of Eagle Rare today, and I'm having him sign it." Yep. And he signed my bottle. Keep making memories, Freddie Johnson. Yep. So, and that's a just a treat, a treasure, a memory that we'll have forever. Yep. Being able to do that with him. Yeah. Um, and it, and it gets back to you know I mentioned before we played that clip that uh, you know my son's going to turn twenty one and I'm enjoying you know creating that memory uh, with him for me. Right. But I'm hoping that he'll also have a great memory when we do this together in the next month. Uh, you know, he's going to be 21 yep. when he's 51, 30 years down the road. And maybe I'm gone. Hopefully not. And hey, but, and, and maybe not the day of, you know. Oh, definitely he won't the day of. But but hopefully but years down, down the, the road, line. he's going to look back at that and go, that Man. that was a treat yep. for me and my dad to yeah. have a, a pour of bourbon like that, yep. you know, or a couple of different pours. Maybe we'll have a you know, just do a little flight of something fun just to create a memory for him. Yeah. And me. That's what it's all about, man. That's the whole kind of point of this. Uh, Yep. If you've got them, share them with friends. Absolutely. Like Freddie said, keep making memories. Yeah. And, and, you know, you you did that. Uh, You recently had your daughter get married. Mm -hmm. And your son-in-law, his father, Mm -hmm. also into bourbon, uh, at the wedding – you all, because it was a special moment, creating some memories with your now son-in-law, uh, you and his dad brought some cool bottles that yep. you opened up and shared with some of your good friends and the groom that night, kind of the new family. Right. And uh, I thought that was great. That's one of those things that we're talking about. Yeah, because I think I told you when we were cracking those bottles prior to the wedding, and I looked at my collection and said, okay, what can I take? you know, to celebrate. And I looked up and saw the bottle of George T. Stag, and I said, no, I'm not going to take that. That's, And then I stopped mid-thought and said, if there's not a better occasion than this, then there are no better occasions. Yeah. So that bottle, bottle of Elijah Craig, 18-year-old, um, my son-in-law's father brought a bottle of E.H. Taylor Barrel Proof. Yep. All, un- all unopened. We opened them and all shared them. Multiple pours. Yeah, multiple pours. Laughed, told some stories. Yep. Made fun. I mean, I learned about your old college roommates and yep. things like that. They were there. So, I mean, it, it was, uh, again, a memory for me. That's why right. I brought it up. It's one yep. of those times where you drink great bourbon around people, you hear stories, you get to know them, and it, and it sticks with you. Right. And Man. like Freddie said, bourbon's just the byproduct. You know, the stories, the, the memories that – what hit me with what he said was, we're the fragile part of it. Right. You know, to his point of, uh, we finished that bottle, and then nine months later, they're both, both gone. gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, that's the whole point of this episode was, you know, getting back into Mashville, too, but talking about kind of you and I and how yeah, our the significance of it. Yeah. It, you know, it, it's Mashville, It's about relationships. Yeah. And our relationship was formed... Uh, our friendship because of Mashville too. And right. so we thought we'd revisit it, revisit it. Ugh, sounds like I've been drinking bourbon all afternoon <laughs> and, uh, and uh, just kind of talk about how important it is to share with friends and family and things like yeah. that. Bourbons, wines, 
if you love to cook, food, all of those things, it's always about the people you're with. Undubitably. Undubitably. I don't even know what that freaking <laughs> Me means, but I'm impressed that you can I, say I think it. that was in a movie or something like that. <laughs> well, that's our episode, man. I, I had a lot of fun kind Same of here, man. telling some stories about Good going got. back. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Food, Wine, and Whiskey in Your Own Backyard. And until our next episode, enjoy your next pour.